This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tigers in 20, Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Stepping up to the microphone are your hosts, the founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. And today, we are going to talk about Memphis's NIT run, uh, talk about them winning the championship discuss a little bit about Penny Hardaway and this coaching staff, some of the adjustments that they were able to make throughout the season. And uh, then we will save some stuff for last. So you have to stick around to hear what we're going to talk about at the end. Uh, We've got some something to tease. Some big Big time time. stuff at the end that uh, I think you guys will enjoy. But with that being said, as I mentioned, Kenny, Memphis 2021 NIT champions after winning four consecutive games. The last time we spoke with you on the podcast was following the Dayton win prior to the Boise Boise State game. Since then, Memphis has won three games. Boise State, Colorado State, Mississippi State championship. They are champions now, uh, and it was an impressive run. They played some good teams. I know all year we talked about quad one wins. Can this team get a quad one win? Uh, obviously, it would have been big th- for them throughout the season, but I believe at this point they have two or three all coming in the NIT tournament. Uh, and they played some good teams. I know a lot of people say, well, if you're not in the NCAA tournament, it doesn't really matter. These teams don't really matter. But when you look at the teams and the schedules, Boise State was a good team. Colorado State was a good team. Mississippi State was a good team. Dayton was a was a team that could have shocked people and, and won some games. So Memphis did not just run through easy teams. And I think Penny Hardaway said it perfectly uh, in the post-game press conference after the championship game saying that I know there's some teams that didn't accept a bid to the NIT, but any of these teams could have went on to win it. And I think that that showed itself in the semifinal game uh, between two number four seeds in Mississippi State and Louisiana Tech. So there was a lot of competition in this tournament. Uh, I know it's not the NCAA tournament. I know a lot of Memphis fans are going to harp about that and say, okay, we won an NIT championship, but what does that really mean? I know it's not the NCAA tournament. I know this team didn't make a run in the NCAA tournament, but to go win the NIT for the first time since 2002, it builds morale within the program. Uh, it shows this coaching staff that what they're doing is working. It shows the players that this system is working, that Penny knows what he's doing. Um, because the result of the season was a championship. It wasn't what they wanted. They fell short of their number one goal. But the fact that they did what they did in Texas, I think it says a lot about this team. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, Penny Penny did say it perfectly in the post game, um, the NIT championship game post game press conference, where he did talk about all the teams that were a part of the the tournament, and 
you know, you, if you take a if you take a thirty thousand foot view, step back of the entire season, you know, this is it's it's an encouraging end to the season because of of the the three years that Penny has been the head coach at the University of Memphis have been some of the strangest three years I think in the history of college basketball. Not just obviously this year being the COVID year, everybody experienced really weird, um, you know, things with protocols and things like that put in place. The Tigers experienced a shutdown of their program twice this year. Um, you know, last year was a bit of a stunted season because um, obviously the beginning of the year you had all the James Wiseman stuff. And then at the end of the year, you had um, kind of the introduction of, of COVID to, to the, to America and how it, pretty much shut down all sports for, you know, six, seven months. Um, obviously, the Tigers didn't get a chance to play in the conference tournament or in any postseason tournament, you know, last year. So this is the first year I feel like that the Tigers have had a chance to play the entire season um, in its entirety, even though they did have some of those pauses and things like that. And and what it says to me in the last, especially in this NIT run, is exactly what you said, Christian, is that – this should be an opportunity for fans to take a step back for players to take a step back for coaches to take a step back and say what we are doing here is working and and it is producing um wins it's producing championships now it's not the championship that the tigers wanted obviously every tigers fan every coach every player wants to be in the ncaa tournament playing deep into the tournament um but the the fact is that the Tigers ended their season with a championship and, and it's a, it's a feather in the cap for Penny um, and, and for his coaching staff and for the players, man, like it just says a lot about the team as a whole. Um, it has been a rough year for everybody. It has been, you know, Penny has talked about it consistently. I think ESPN commentators have talked about it ad nauseum over the last week during the games, how, the beginning of the year was a dark period for the Tiger program, but they fought their way through it and ended the season with a championship. So kudos, hats off to Penny, hats off to the staff, um, hats off to the players. It was a it was a great a great a great week of basketball. Christian, I do have a question for you. Do you think that the that the Boise State, Colorado State, uh, Mississippi State wins were their three best wins all in a row throughout the year? Do you think that was the best three-game stretch that they played? Yeah, as far as the way that they played, the way that they won. I mean, I, and I would include the Dayton game as well because, like I said, Dayton was – when you look at them on paper, they were a good basketball team. They weren't an NCAA tournament team. They weren't a fringe team. But they were a solid basketball team that could upset a good team on any given night. Uh, so those four games, I think it was easily the best four-game stretch. And that team that played in Texas and won four games in a row – I don't think anyone can argue that at worst that that team was a round of 32 team and, and potentially a sweet 16 team because they played that well. That's how good they played in Texas. Unfortunately, the begin the beginning of the year was such a struggle for them. Uh, those losses to, to Auburn and some of the other teams that they played earlier in the year were unfortunate. Uh, the, the cancellations that they had against Ole Miss, uh, the pause that they had early in conference play, all those things hurt this team. Uh, they they weren't the same team at the beginning of the year. You've heard Penny talk about it over and over again. They didn't have DeAndre. They didn't have team chemistry. They were playing selfishly. 
uh, every guy out there wanted to go get theirs on every given night, and and that was prevalent at the beginning of the year. And you see the switch that this team has made, and and it's awesome that they went and won the NIT, but it's very unfortunate that they could not figure it out earlier in the year. The, I, this will always be, to me, a two-faced season. Everyone will look at this season and say, you'll have probably 50% of the people say that was an awesome year we went and won the NIT. And you'll probably have the other 50% saying, what could that season have been? I don't think Memphis is a national championship caliber team. I don't think they could beat a team like Gonzaga at this point in time. But like I said, they could be a Sweet 16 team. Uh, I mean, Houston's going to the Elite Eight, and Memphis had a chance to beat Houston twice. Minus a buzzer beater and missed free throws, Memphis has a chance to win both of those games. Um, And that's the level of team that they almost beat in Elite 18. And they beat some really good teams in the NIT, Boise State, Colorado State, Mississippi State. So I, I don't know how you look at that season if you're a fan. I think that's a difficult pill to swallow always when your team doesn't make it as far as you want them to. The NIT championship is awesome. Uh, it, it shows a lot about this team that they went into the NIT with the mindset to win it. Because I was worried, and you may recall me talking about this before the Dayton game, I was questioning how this team was going to show up because I said it in that podcast. If they show up like disappointed that they missed out on the NCAA tournament, they're going to be first or second round bounced. But if they go into the tournament wanting to win it, wanting to prove something with the chip on their shoulder, then they can go win the whole thing. And that's exactly what they did. Um, So big props to them on doing that. But I think there will be a lot of people that look back on the season and say, what could have been? What could have been if, if this team was the same in November and December and January as they were in March. Well, the reality is they weren't the same two teams. They were absolutely not totally different teams. Um, And I think we said this a few weeks ago, the conversation about Penny and his ability to coach needs to, needs to, to change. It needs to stop about questioning his ability because I, I really do think it took, it took a couple of things it took a staff that believed in the the vision and the culture that they were building um, to pull that team that was six and five off the brink. I mean, it was going downhill very quickly, and and they were able to bring them back off of the brink of that 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 cliff that they were about to fall off of. That takes a lot of willpower, uh, maturity, um, vision. Uh, it takes a lot of those things, and it also takes a buy-in factor. And and Brooks even tweeted about this today. He retweeted a tweet from, I think it was in um, March of, I think it was the beginning of March. Um, he tweeted this, if you look at the, the Tiger basketball team and how th- defensively they're playing, defense is all about buy-in. Defense is about setting the culture. Defense is about... Um, players buying into, man, these stats aren't going to help me. These stats might not help me get to the NBA, but they're going to help my team win. And and he mentioned in early March and then today, a team like the Tigers don't finish number one in um, net rankings in terms of defense throughout the year um, without having been completely bought into the program. And, and so there very clearly was a shift from – the first team that they were at the beginning of the year to the team that they were at the end of the year winning the NIT championship. And that is a massive win. 
I feel like that is a – I feel like if, if Penny's going to look back, no matter how long he stays at Memphis, however long he's here, I think the 2020-21 season, the COVID season, is going to be looked at as kind of the barometer for – or even the jump-off point for when – all the success started and all the success that we that that we as journalists and fans look at and go, we think that this is where the Tiger program can go. I think you're going to look at the 2021 season and say, this is when it happened because they had every opportunity to lay down. They could have made all the excuses in the world to to say, well, we didn't have DeAndre. Look at all the games that were canceled. You know, look at all these things that happened. And yet they didn't. And and that is a that is a huge feather in the cap for for Penny Hardaway as as the head coach of the University of Memphis Tigers. Hey guys, my uh, my ears were burning. I I, I uh, wasn't sure if I was going to be able to make it. Decided to join low key. I come on and hear Kenny talking about one of my tweets, and it's like perfect timing. I guess uh, I got some kind of uh, radar going off, knowing that somebody's talking about me. So. Yeah, man, uh, what Kenny said is actually perfect, um, talking about Memphis's defensive identity and the culture, the the actual way that they're building this program. And, you know, what I want to say as a reaction to this NIT championship run is if you can't look at Memphis's progression throughout this year and see what Penny Hardaway is, is building for this program – uh, for the way he wants to play, then you're missing something. Uh, because the reality is if you look at Memphis from the start of the year to the end of the year, coming into this season, if someone said, does Memphis have an identity? Do they have a culture? Do they have a system? And does does Penny Hardaway know what that is? At the start of the year, the answer to that is absolutely no. I'm not sure. But you look at what Penny Hardaway did this year, the way that these guys are playing defense, now finishing in the top five in almost every defensive metric for the last two seasons and finishing number one overall in adjusted defensive efficiency. You cannot look at that and not say that this is legitimately a part of the identity, the DNA of a Penny Hardaway program. So he's got the defense down. The offense, we all know, first 11 games was a disaster. Switched multiple times. For anyone out there on the radio or in papers saying, oh, well, the Lion offense fixed this, you're not paying attention. They weren't even running Lion offense towards the end of the year. But Memphis did develop an offensive identity using a flex Princeton cutter-style offense. It's a hybrid offense that Memphis finally implemented and really just buckled down, learned, and the players bought into it. Now, it wasn't 100% of the time. You saw even late in the season, some players would revert to that selfish iso ball kind of jack and shots, but 90% of the time they were running it. And when they did, it was really, really good. In combination, it's a slow, methodical motion and cutting-based offense, and when they run it, it's an extremely good complement to their chaotic defense because it's measured, it's paced, it's well thought out, and it's dangerous. So now you've got a mixture 
of a defensive identity and a core offense that works. And you you look at this season as a whole, and it's all about what is Penny Hardaway building. And you can see a very clear picture of that now at the end of the 2021 basketball season. And it finished with a championship run in the NIT tournament. And I absolutely love that doesn't get talked about enough, I, I don't think, in college basketball because it gets looked at as so many guys come in one year and leave that there doesn't have to be a culture. You look at every top-level program, they have built a culture there. And it takes time. It's not an overnight thing. I know Memphis was able to land the number one class, but there was, and, and there's a lot behind that with the James Wiseman stuff, obviously, but there still wasn't a culture built yet at Memphis. And, and now there is, like you said, Brooks, perfectly summed it up, that there's an offensive and defensive identity. This team has an identity. This coaching staff, starting at the top with Penny Hardaway, they know what they want now on the trail. They know what they want in the gym as far as practices go, and they know what they want on game day. And that's something that that's a that's a level of continuity that this program hasn't had at the head coach in quite a while. So I know there have been bumps in the road, but it's because it was all leading up until this point. And I know it's just an NIT championship. I know it's not the NCAA tournament. I know people are going to say that, but it's leading up to this point. And now where does it go from here? Because I think I think there's two very distinct patterns on where this can go. This can either be the highlight of Penny Hardaway's career, and Memphis can be an average team moving forward and pop into the NIT or pop into the back half of the NCAA tournament, or this NIT championship can lead Memphis back to, to being a national program, back to being a top 25 perennial team, a perennial NCAA tournament team that can make it to the Sweet 16 every year. That seems like the likelier of the paths right now with the way everything's heading, and that's where I think it's heading, and I think both of you would agree with me because of the culture that's been built. But this is, like Kenny said, this is the turning point. This is the point where in 10 years we'll be able to look back on Penny Hardaway's tenure and say either this was the highlight or this was the beginning of something special, and it's because that culture is finally built. There's been a shift in the Memphis basketball program starting with this year, starting with this four-game run, starting with this NIT championship, and it should be a lot of fun to see where it goes next. I put my bet on this not being the highlight of Penny's career at the University of Memphis as the coach. I put my bets on the fact that this that this guy has been a a winner his entire life, has pulled himself his own life, out of the mud this is not a this is not meant to be a uh a, a 30 second clip of of highlighting penny's life but but this guy has won at every level that he's been on and 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 i think that if if we were talking about the 2019 2020 season and this being that number one recruiting class coming in um maybe making a run james playing the entire year then maybe making a run um, and not having that culture set, that might be the highlight, right? Like that could potentially be what you're talking about. But I think what Brooks, Christian, what I've tried to in, uh, tried to put out there this entire podcast is that now that the culture is set, now that we know who this team is underneath under Penny Hardaway, um, it dictate it dictates everything, right? Like in a in in a Fortune 500 company. 
one of the things that you always do is you, you, you set down values. Like what do you value as a company and every decision that is made moving forward, once that value system is set, every decision is filtered through those values and say, does this line up? Does this decision that we're about to make line up with one of our core values or our core identity as a fortune 500 fortune 100 company? Um, and if it doesn't, then it's an easy decision. Don't do that. Like, don't make that decision because this doesn't line up with what we're trying to do. Um, and I think that's where Penny is with the stat with the team now. Is they have they have very clear values. They have a very very clear identity and culture. And so moving forward, decisions that are going to be made, whether it's in assistant coaching hires, whether it's in recruiting, scheduling, whatever it may be is going to be filtered through this what is our identity and what is our culture and if it if it lines up appropriately with that then they go with it they make those decisions having an identity having a culture is absolutely key to a program and its and its success and that's what the biggest takeaway from 2020-21 season is that they have an identity they have a culture and now it's time to move forward. And on top of that, they just got a championship, an NIT championship, but they got a championship. And so there's there's obvious success that comes when, when you have that identity and you make decisions based off of that, then good things come your way. And I fully expect that good things are that more good things are gonna happen for the Tiger basketball program. Well, look look across college basketball. It, it drives me crazy to hear someone say, yeah, Memphis won an NIT championship, but yeah, Memphis finished number one overall in defensive efficiency, but all of the buts, it drives me crazy. Like, I, I look at teams all across the country having monumental success in comparison to the overall big picture for their program. Ohio State. <laughs> and and then they flame out in the NCAA tournament. You've got, you know, you've got Iowa with one of the best players in school history in, in Garza. And you've got a team that won 22, 23 games and was, you know, at the top of their conference the entire year, gets a number two seed. And what did they do? They lose. So the the statement for them is no different than this Memphis program. We had a tremendous year, but every program has those buts. Every one, except for whoever ends up standing on that podium that Monday night of the national championship game. Every one of them. And the reality is, is as fans, as people who look at this from the outside, you know, looking in as, you know, journalists, as people trying to pr provide perspective, you got to be able to look at the big picture and say, yes, there are buts, but there are still things that we have to take away. But, but. Double butts? Double right? butts. But, but. Double but. Right. You have to look at the double but. What's the big takeaway here? Yes, there, there's, there are these positives. And there are these negatives, but what's the big picture? What are we trying to project for Penny Hardaway, for this Memphis program? And I don't see any way that you look at this team 
this coach, this staff, these players, and the trajectory overall coming into the season and not feel like this thing is headed in the right direction at the end of the year. Because at the end of the day, you look at every single person talking about Memphis on Twitter, on social media, on a major sports network, and they're all saying the same thing. It's a travesty that Memphis was not in the tournament. Damon Stoudemire tweeted, Memphis should have been in the tournament. They were a second weekend, possibly an Elite Eight-level team. It's a shame. Great job, Penny Hardaway. And that's from a former NBA All-Star that coached at Memphis, knows Memphis, knows the job, knows college basketball as a whole, You've got people like him all across the country chiming in, saying the same thing. This team was a tournament team. So Memphis didn't fail to make the tournament because Penny Hardaway had some failing as a coach early in the year. Yes, they they improved. That's, That's a good thing. They failed to make the tournament because in spite of every metric on paper, saying that they were a tournament team, the NCAA selection committee left them out, period. That's why they weren't a tournament team. You look at the numbers, they were a tournament team. But, I mean, we said it. I think the AAC played a part in that, too. Yeah, I mean, the AAC, the COVID. So, yeah, I, I heard this statement today. Memphis was not in the tournament because of a failing by Penny Hardaway. And that is absolutely not the case. Memphis was not in, in the NCAA tournament because of the selection committee, because of co- because of the uncontrollables. Cody Toppert was on Sports 56 this morning and said, one thing that we stress to the guys all the time is control the controllables. I love that, that saying. And Memphis had a few controllables that they did not control. They had a couple games that they dropped that they should have won because of the controllables, you know, free throws, stupid turnovers. And then the things that they could not control dictated whether or not they were in the NCAA tournament. You know, the selection committee, the AAC, COVID. You cannot control those things. But the reality of this team, their performance, their record, their metrics, they were an NCAA tournament team. If you look throughout history, this team on paper, statistically, never gets left out of the tournament. Yeah, and, and to go back to something you were talking about earlier, because we haven't really went in uh, in depth about this, we talked about Penny and the culture, but to talk about the players now, you know, we, we heard Lester and Landers after the championship game, and you can you can see a difference in the way that they talk now because they've done they've done something, they've won something. These players have a taste of success now, something that they haven't had. They know what it takes now to get to that level. And I know it was the NIT championship, but they know in their minds that if they played like that, that they could have went deep into the NCAA tournament. So that shift in the players for for whoever's there next year, they know what to expect out of incoming transfers or incoming freshmen. They know what buttons to push to get them where they need to be to be a rotational player in the success of Memphis having total team success. They've seen that now. They've seen what it takes on a daily basis in practice. They've seen what it takes in a game. They've seen what it takes in the locker room, outside of the locker room, to be a successful program. And that's invaluable. Well, and that's why you can't, you can't poo-poo 
on right. the NIT championship experience because this Memphis staff and this Memphis team, they know what it takes to go into a tournament environment. I don't care what tournament it is to go in, to go into a bubble of sorts, to keep their head down and focus on one goal and one goal only, win the next one. And so Memphis now has that under its belt. It's returning players. It's returning staff. They know what that feels like. And I don't care what anyone says. They beat two teams that should have been in the NCAA tournament in the NIT. NCAA level teams that would have, if Memphis had those on their resume throughout the regular season, Memphis is no doubt a NCAA tournament team. You cannot discount those wins because they came in a tournament that's not the NCAA. They're still really good wins, wins that push Memphis to number 30 overall in Ken Palm. Like, they're still really, really good wins. So they they know now how to go in and get back-to-back-to-back-to-back wins in a tournament environment. And that's what they need to continue building. And that's the point of this entire conversation. Memphis is building something for the future. So, Kenny, you have any you have any other thoughts on this? Yeah, my last thought is anybody – like we've said it over the last couple of minutes as we've been talking about this is, yeah, we know it's the NIT tournament. It's not the NCAA tournament. We're saying that because we know the comments are going to come our way as we publish this podcast. Well, they didn't win the NCAA. There's the NIT. We know that's coming. Hear it from me first. If the, the people that are out there that are complaining – about the Tigers not winning the NCAA tournament and being only in the NIT tournament are people that have never won in their life. They've never had to fight to win. They've never had to take a group of people, a a a one person and be a part of a team and and become a cohesive unit and and fight for that goal of winning something. They've never had to do that. They've never had to have those battles. They've never had to fight like that. And so anybody that's poo-pooing the NIT championship has never won in their life in the first place. So take that for what it's worth. Man, Kenny, Kenny closing out hot. I am. Um, but before we get out Mike of here, drop. Brooks. <laughs> Bunch <laughs> of losers. Brooks, we're doing something later this week. Care to, care to tease that? Yeah. We're, so, yeah, stay tuned. Uh, so I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to join today. And there's so much to break down. There's so much to talk about. And there's a lot of insight about this season and just the trajectory overall. Roster, recruiting, uh, you know, moving pieces with Tony Madlock going to South Carolina State that we can get into. And so what we're going to do is we're going to do that on a Go Tigers 247 VIP podcast episode. So we're going to record that. Later on this week, it will be live on the front of the site. It will not be on Spotify, iTunes, any of those places. So if you want the inside scoop with that VIP podcast, go to GoTigers247.com, sign up for a VIP membership and check it out. It's going to be chock full of all kinds of good information. So, Brooks, you um, good? How's the weather yeah, over there in Birmingham? I'm surprised to see. Have you survived? We have survived. Two rounds of tornadoes. We had 
a severe thunderstorm warning with 80 mile an hour winds and hail on Saturday night while we were trying to grill out. So that was a lot of fun. I'm actually surprised not to see you under a blanket with a lantern <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> recording this podcast. And a helmet. <laughs> and a helmet. I feel like I've worn a helmet every day for the last two weeks, and it's not because I bump my head a lot and I'm special, but... Uh, my wife wouldn't maybe disagree with that. Well, I'm glad you're good, man. We've we've missed you the last couple of weeks. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you, everybody's healthy and safe over there. Yeah, we have internet too, so I'm alive and tweeting. Alive and tweeting. Uh, <laughs> that's da- that's a dangerous time, right? So as Brooke said, we are recording the VIP podcast later this week. Jonah and I will be working on a VIP spring article. The thread is already up uh, for spring football and VIP. Uh, but we're going to do a full-length article later in the week about some of the top performers, some of the top standouts. We may not be there, mm. but we know people that are there. <laughs> so <laughs> I know a guy. That's, you know guys. Uh, that, that will be <laughs> VIP. I know a guy. Uh, so that will be VIP later this week. So anything you guys need as far as football, basketball, recruiting. Speaking of recruiting, we're about to ramp recruiting coverage up because I won't be slammed covering – uh, basketball games every night of the week and spring football so recruiting coverage is about to ramp up um we got a lot of exciting things going on this is the this is the best time of the year to get vip information so stay tuned and stay locked into the site all right y'all got anything else i'm good i'm good all right that's a wrap thank you for listening to tigers and 20 if you enjoyed this episode we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you downloaded your podcast If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for a VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. We'll see you back here next week. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Deucible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.